Hey friend, welcome back to Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Michael McCurry, your host, and thank you so much for listening in. I try to say this often, but I haven't said it this week. Thank you, thank you to each and every one of you that have tuned in today. I can't tell you what it means to me that you would join me right here on this broadcast today. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to grab your Bibles and go to the book of Mark, chapter number 5. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. The book of Mark, chapter number 5. Five. I told you yesterday that I was going to share with you the story of someone accepting Christ because of a gospel tract. Had someone reach out to us not that long ago, and they connected with me. I was messaging with them, and they were asking questions about how they could know for sure that they were on their way to heaven. Come to find out that a good gospel preacher, a pastor up in Canada, I believe, let me think here, I believe it was South Eastern Canada, if my geography is right, had passed out gospel tracts, and this man had come across one, and due to that gospel tract and that outreach, that man accepted Christ as his Savior. Can I tell your friend, gospel tracts still work. We got to make sure that man got connected with that local church, and he attended that church what a joy to know that gospel tracks work. I had someone ask me about testimonies, asking about whether or not gospel tracks work recently. And I can tell you unequivocally, yes, they do. Let me encourage you, if you've never used gospel tracks before, go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. That's our website. You can get gospel tracks for free. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that we're not selling stuff to you. We don't require that you donate. Would we say it's recommended? Sure. If you want to give to us, great. But we do not. We have orders. Probably, let me think about this, make sure I'm not exaggerating. Dozens, I believe I'm correct, dozens upon dozens of orders, essentially every single day, 365 days a year, people order and they are not mandated that they donate. Do we greatly appreciate our financial partners? Absolutely we do. It keeps the lights on and it keeps gospel tracts being printed and going out the door, but we do not require it. Let me encourage you, go to BibleTracksInc.org today. We're in the book of Mark chapter number 5. For context's sake, remember that Jesus and his disciples have just recently come through a storm. Not a figurative storm, but a literal storm. In Mark chapter 4, at the tail end, at the end of a long day, Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. The ship is being tossed to and fro, and the disciples get scared. They wake up Jesus, and Jesus calms the situation down as only he can. Now, we get to Mark chapter number 5. Will you turn there with me? I've got something, a little segment we're going to call, uh, Did You Know Today? It's going to be kind of rapid fire, so you have to tune your ears. But before we get there, Mark chapter number 5, the Bible says this, And they came over, this is after the storm, they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he has come out, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So Jesus steps out of the ship, and this man with an unclean spirit comes to him. The Bible describes him as in verse 3, 
who had his dwelling among the tombs. He essentially lived in the cemetery. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he worshipped him. Now this man here, he's often called the maniac, isn't he? The maniac of Gadara. And we'll get down into the, uh, the, the rest of the story here later this week. But we're going to look at, from uh, scripture here, this label. The demoniac. The Bible talks about him having an unclean spirit. He called himself Legion in just a couple of verses. He was demon-possessed, demon-oppressed, and he was just not having a great life, was he? Cutting himself, breaking, breaking bands and fetters and chains apart, living among the tombs, among the dead people. His surroundings weren't great. His circumstances, his situation, his spirituality, none of it was very good, was it? But I want to talk about that thought of labels. Now, you know, in the world, we have different labels for different things. I think of things like uh, a dumpster. And you say, that seems like a non sequitur. Bear with me for a second here. You know what a dumpster is, right? It's a place we put trash, right? But did you know that... There was a company back uh, all the way back in 19, I think 36 or so. There was a company called the Dempster, D-E-M-P, the Dempster Brothers. And they had this mechanical loading system for garbage. Now, technically, a dumpster should be called a mobile garbage bin. But... Because the Dempsters uh, had a trademark on this word dumpster, it became known as that for just about all of time, or should I say for the next 70, 80, 90 years. That's what we call them, don't we? A dumpster. Because, I guess you could say, good branding. Now, the trademark has since expired, but the Dempster brothers did a pretty good job with the dumpster, didn't they? Well, moving on, how about the Kleenex. Some of you may know this one. Technically, a, a Kleenex should be a disposable handkerchief. They were marketed as a substitute for face towels a long time ago, and the Ladies' Home Journal marketed as the new secret for keeping, a pr keeping pretty skin used by famous movie stars. Use the Kleenex. Now, today, we call them Kleenexes, but they're not all Kleenexes. There's different brands, aren't they? But when someone says, hand me the Kleenex, you know what they're talking about. How about the escalator? Technically, it should be called a moving stairway. A thermos. Some of you may have heard of this one as well. It should be called a vacuum flask. Thermos, again, is a brand name. Chapstick is actually lip balm. A frisbee is actually a flying disc. Uh, let's see, popsicles, actually, they're frozen ice treats on a stick. And I could go on and on. I think of a laundry mat, actually, that's a coin laundry shop. Uh, the Jumbotron, you know, those big screens you see in sporting events. Large screen television is actually what it should be called. Uh, the Taser, that's a brand name as well. Really, they should be called a stun gun. Where are you going with this, Brother Micah? My point is this. 
that labels matter, don't they? If someone told you, I'm going to shoot you with a taser, or I'm going to stick you with a taser, you would back up because you know what they're talking about. You wouldn't say, hold on a moment, let me see the brand name on that, on that stun gun and make sure it's actually a taser. There are other companies that make them. No, no, you would know exactly what's being said because labels matter. But can I also make a point that sometimes labels don't matter? There are labels that we put on ourselves Labels that cripple, labels that hurt. There are labels that the world puts on us as well. I, I've made a portion of this point before, but I would like to point out how important labels are to you and to me. I think about the fact that we have the opportunity as Christians to be very careful about our labels. You know, the world with labels, they try to comfort people but they can't always cure them. There are some stains that you don't think that you can forgive because of labels. I think of the fact that labels, they put you into a category and categories often define boundaries and you don't think you can go beyond some of your labels. I think of the fact for you and for me that there are so many labels, so many boxes that we've put ourselves in that limit what we think we can do for God. You know, labels comforting but not curing us, that makes me think of where we are in the world today. There are so many places in the world, so many people in the world, and please forgive me for trying to figure out how to attack this. This is a, uh, as I say, attack to approach this. This is a sensitive topic for many people, I realize that. But the world labels you, but they don't truly love you. Think of labels like queer, lesbian, transgender, and what have you. You fill in the blank with all the different labels in the alphabet soup that that, ha that industry has become. But I think of the fact that the world, they want to label you, often to limit you. The labels don't come out of love. The world has labels so they can put you in a box and, and tell you what amount of victimhood you should claim. What amount of reparations that you should desire. They put you in a box and tell you that here is who you can vote for. Who here is your God. And in reality, that God that I'm speaking of is a God of humanism. Because we put ourselves on... When we tell God that you did not create me correctly, that I am outside of your plan, then what we are doing is putting ourselves up as God. Our problem is not so much an issue with doctrine. Our problem, the world's problem, is not with this book. The world's problem is with the God who wrote this book. And that's why labels are so incredibly important and why we need to be so very careful about what labels you and I claim. We have the opportunity to take his name I ask you today, what labels do you claim? Is there something more important to you than being a Christian? You should be proud of your last name. You should be proud of your family. You should be proud of your local church. But nothing should trump your desire to please the one who gave you the label Christian. 
the one who saved you. We're going to look more at this maniac in the coming days. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to join me tomorrow for Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Michael McCurry. This is Bible Tract Echoes. If you've enjoyed the broadcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that number is 309 316 7240. If you'd like to get some of our gospel tracks for free, go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. You can actually order a sample booklet that tells you all about our ministry and includes a few sample tracts if you'd like to today. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day for His glory. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.